Welcome to the Voice of Albertans with Disabilities podcast for August 2023. I'm Teresa Makravich, your host and VADS Program and Services Manager. Thank you for joining us today. In today's podcast, I'll be talking to Valeria Palladino from Edmonton Epilepsy Association. Their vision is empowering people who live with epilepsy. VAD has been talking with our members to learn about resources that are available to the disability community. And I want to thank Edmonton Epilepsy Association for coming on the podcast to discuss the resources this organization provides. Together, we hold the power. Please welcome Valeria to the show. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, Teresa, and uh, thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast. And first of all, on behalf of the Edmonton Epilepsy Association, we all wish to express our sincere condolences for the sudden loss of Margot Booner, Executive Director of BAD. We're still absolutely in shock. My name is Valeria, and I am the Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer of the Edmonton Epilepsy Association, as you indicated. I have come to work and serve the EEA in April 2020, so I am uh, a pandemic <laughs> Executive Director, because I started working as soon as we had to close our doors in our office. And I've had the pleasure of helping the community who is impacted by epilepsy for the past three and a half years. I come to this charity with a background in education and communication technologies, a professional past life in the service industry, uh, municipal, provincial, and federal government, as an instructor at University of Alberta and Northwest College, and a passion for building thriving communities and working with grassroots associations. I am a mother of two grown children, two boys, and I'm an avid reader and a world traveler. I think that kind of puts it all together. Awesome. Thank you very much. I have a few questions about Edmonton Epilepsy Association to gather information for our listeners. So to start with, who is the Edmonton Epilepsy Association as an organization? The Edmonton Epilepsy Association, we call ourselves the EEA, is a registered charity in operations since June 1960, with a clear mandate of supporting and empowering people who are impacted by epilepsy in Northern Alberta. We say um, serve pretty much everybody north of Red Deer. We're proud of our grassroots history and how we serve the community, and we have members even in the Northwestern Territory, Northeast BC, and anyone who wishes to support our cause. We have our regional presence, and our association is directly tied to the hospitals and main epilepsy clinics, which are generally located in Edmonton, helping people who are diagnosed with epilepsy. Like many other registered charities with a focus on epilepsy across Canada, we were born with the idea of providing social and other types of support around the diagnosis of this neurological disease in addition to the medical establishment. We often say that epilepsy, the epilepsy diagnosis and the medical treatment are one slice of the pie in every person's life. And a person's life is made of so many other elements and dimensions, and they are all impacted by epilepsy one way or the other. And these may not necessarily be dealt with from a medical service uh, perspective beyond drug treatment or other surgery procedures. So that's kind of where we come into the conversation. We belong to the Canadian Epilepsy Alliance, which is a Canadian umbrella association that represents the many provincial and municipal associations across Canada that help, like us, support people with epilepsy. Can you give some history about your organization? Yes, over the past 63 years, 
the EEA has served a yearly average of 5,000 uh, or more individuals and their families and caregivers. Uh, everybody who lives with epilepsy in the Edmonton area, as well as the Northern Alberta, Yukon, and Northwestern Territory. Our potential outreach expands to more than 26,000 individuals in our region of the province who are impacted by this brain disorder. We know that a conservative number um, is around 66,000 people all across Alberta. And we split our two regions between the north side and the south side, and that there are more than 300,000 people living with epilepsy in Canada in any given year. So one of our awareness statement is the one in 100. 1% of Canadians are impacted by epilepsy. And this makes epilepsy the fourth most common neurological disorder in our country and in the world. And wow. in fact, it is number one for children. So since 1960, um, our association has helped to improve the lives of persons living with epilepsy by providing information, referral, support services, and engaging in impactful awareness and education campaigns. While most of our services have been directed through in-person programs uh, for people reaching out our office location in Edmonton, since the pandemic, like many other charities, we have uh, expanded our outreach and pivoted to using technology, and we have been able to be even more inclusive with offerings online and delivering presentations, group and individual sessions over computer and over the phone. Since 2022, so last year, we have expanded the services back to hybrid solutions. So we always keep in mind that the technology allows us to get further, but we know that there's about 25 to 30% of our membership and people that are not necessarily connected online or through technology. So whenever possible, we offer not only the hybrid option so people can come to our, to our office and they don't have to worry about turning a Zoom link on or if the speakers are going to work or not. And whenever possible, we also try to support transportation um, costs or any other accommodations we can do to be as inclusive as possible. That's awesome. You kind of touched on how do you help people in the community, but is there any other ways that you help in the community? We as we were saying, we are not a medical establishment. So uh, even though, you know, even a Google search sometimes gets people to give us a call and say, oh, you know, uh, how can I get my next neurologist appointment? And we always clarify to people, we are not a clinic. Uh, we do work very close with medical professionals in the field of epilepsy. And our region is tied to two main centers. The epilepsy clinic at the Stollery Children's Hospital for pediatric epilepsy and the comprehensive epilepsy Kate clinic at University of Alberta. 75% of our efforts are usually focused on building awareness and education about epilepsy. And while seizure disorders are a common disease around the world and pretty much in history, we always say if you have a brain, you can have a seizure. So the, the possibility is endless. Uh, seizure disorders are a common disease around the world. Epilepsy still remains kind of clouded with um, stigma and a sense of unknown and mystery. It is usually diagnosed with at least two unprovoked seizures. So either the doctor or the parent or a spouse will uh, tell that, you know, people in their family unit have had uh, something that they couldn't explain otherwise. 
So if the doctor comes up with those two undiagnosed, uh, sorry, two unprovoked seizures, that usually calls for um, diagnosis of epilepsy. And epilepsy is a diagnosis that remains for life. So seizures can be managed, but uh, epilepsy never goes away. But again, even though so much is known, it's still a misunderstood condition. We almost have more knowledge and ability to talk to the community and let people know uh, in simple terms to understand what seizures are and what the impact of epilepsy can be on their on their life. And as all lifelong disabilities, epilepsy falls under a category that we often relate to as invisible disability. So something that we do for the community is to really support and spread that awareness and build education. Because as you know, when a person doesn't have a seizure, they look very normal. So all of a sudden, uh, knowing that the seizures that could come at any point in time make you unable to gain employment, or you need certain accommodations to go for post-secondary education, you are not allowed to drive unless you are six months seizure-free. So all of these different uh, uh, situations impact the person, but when the person doesn't have the seizure, they look very normal. So there's added challenges to access support from uh, government funding, or again, talk to uh, employers or in education institutions to get those accommodations in place. So seizures could happen at any time and for any reason, and that unpredictability usually impacts the individual's life in so many ways. And they are really hard to explain because again, when I don't have a seizure, I look like a very normal person. So what is wrong with you? Why do you need any help? We exist as an agency to build understanding, lower stigma, and provide social and other types of support. Our members know they can reach out to our office, talk with someone who understands where they come from. We have specific programs for that. Attend social events. Even that feeling of being um, accepted in a social event of any shape or form is a service that truly makes a difference. Now, we do want to emphasize, and it's important, that around 65 to 70% who get diagnosed with epilepsy at any age go on to lead very successful and normal lives because the right medication helps manage their seizures very well. And that is a very high percent rate of success from a drug's perspective. Now, the 30% of people that generally face more challenging situation in leading fulfilling lives because they have what it's called retractable epilepsy are extreme, uh, serious, and unfortunate cases. We are talking inability to live independently, inability to uh, move around uh, there you know there's there's a need of a network of support for that person to live a fulfilling life so those folks often require additional assistance and support everybody with epilepsy has in the back of their minds that those who care for them have that unpredictable chance that a seizure may occur at any time and even that alone could cause a lot of mental health challenges we do want to stress that epilepsy is not a mental illness issue, it's a physiological issue, but the unpredictability of the seizures or the side effect of medication that now control the seizure can truly create that emotional sense of, you know, I'm planning tomorrow to do something and then all of a sudden I am not in control anymore. 
In addition to our next campaigns, educational on-demand workshops and other programs like our information epilepsy booklets and the Kids on the Block puppet show that we do for free in uh, schools across the province. We also offer individual support for our members, ranges from memory coaching programs to system navigation support, applying for provincial funding and other services. We offer mentoring programs and just lately a mental health for epilepsy service, which is access to a series of psychotherapy sessions specifically for people diagnosed with epilepsy. That's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Good job. What are some projects the Edmonton Epilepsy Association has done in the community or is working on right now? Yes. So uh, from a strategic planning perspective, we plan to run a minimum of three main awareness campaigns. In March is the first one of the year because March is Epilepsy Awareness Month. Then we do a campaign we call 25 Days for Epilepsy in June. And then we usually do one in October, uh, specifically focused to educate kids. And it's aligned with the theme of Halloween. So those are our three big pillars in terms of awareness campaign. We host displayed and awareness tables with main hospitals, marketplaces, and collaborate with other agencies on awareness campaigns. But there are two key programs that we're extremely proud of. One of them is our two-decade-long original title, Epilepsy Information Booklets. And we are the only North American agency to run this uh, information booklets. It's a program of 11 original titles that are specific focus, for example, women in epilepsy, teens in epilepsy, safety in epilepsy. So we did, I'd say, five to seven years worth of research. And for the last 20 years, we update these on a regular basis and run these programs. Uh, They are 11 booklets, professionally printed, and um, distributed absolutely free of charge across Canada in the 30,000 copies per year. So we take on, through sponsorship and other other support, the costs associated with that. And these copies of these booklets are in doctor's offices, uh, EEGs, radiologist offices, in emergency rooms, in hospitals, as well as in other agencies across Canada. And we have them in both official languages, and we also have a couple of titles in other languages that were translated a few years ago. In 2024, we plan to add an additional, more inclusive layer to this set of publications. We got a grant to transform these books into audiobooks. And then the audiobooks will be expand our outreach and will be distributed absolutely free of charge through all the libraries in Canada. They'll be available for uh, downloads on our website. And we're hoping to also get into some markets of those uh, audiobooks platforms. So again, if a person doesn't have the ability to either read it online for free or get a free copy, they can just put it on their on their audiobook uh, favorites. We run free performances of a Kids on the Block show. It's a live puppet show that we, there's only three or four other agencies in Canada that do this particular skit. And it's two skits to teach kids in elementary grades, so up to grade five, how to be a good friend and what what first aid to provide with epilepsy for a friend that may have seizures. We run education webinars in collaboration with Epilepsy in Calgary. And these are uh, monthly and bi-monthly sessions with specialists. 
And the focus is explaining epilepsy and epilepsy services available in our province as in Alberta. And uh, we also host two specific websites, our association website at edmontonepilepsy.org. And since 2022, a dedicated website to explaining epilepsy to kids and their families in their language that is suitable to their different grades. And that is called epilepsywebforkids.ca. We also have a solid presence and followers on social media. We engage in a variety of community events, run fundraising programs. And as I was saying before, we offer social events. Keep very much in mind the possibility that a person attending may have seizures. So we are very uh, careful with, for example, the uh, how loud the sound in the in the room may be. We stay away from flashing lights. We usually, when we do a party, we rent also a quiet room to allow people who may feel a little bit overwhelmed by too, much, too many people around to take those 15 minutes, half an hour, just to go on the side and just calm things down. Sometimes that could be a trigger, a trigger for seizures. There's so much there. <laughs> Can you please share your thoughts on how the EEA contributes to the disability community to help make people's lives better? Yes, in 2020, so as we did a little bit of a leadership uh, change, and as I was saying, I came as soon as we had to close the doors for the during the pandemic, the first year in the pandemic, the EEA Board of Directors, we thought our strategic planning approach, and we came up with a redefinition of our vision. Our vision is empower people who live with epilepsy. The words in the vision statement were very intentionally selected. We chose the word empower instead of simply saying support to name the many ways we can help each other be the best we can, no matter the disability that impacts our life. And something I forgot to mention before is in many, many cases, epilepsy comes along with other comorbidities, either could be the originating factor for other conditions or vice versa. So it's not uncommon to see a person who, for example, could be suffering from uh, Alzheimer disease or autism and also suffer from epilepsy. And certain forms of pediatric epilepsy, such as Dravet syndrome, have also learning disabilities that accompany that condition for the child. People with disabilities, whether they be visible or invisible, all have the right and the power with the right support to be the best they can. In the case of epilepsy, we are here to empower for those people our to be the best versions of themselves. We believe in that right and we nourish that power with our direct community-oriented access programs, with the fact that every phone call, email, or text that we receive here always gets answer, answered personally. And if we don't have an answer directly, because we are not necessarily, you know, we're very tiny, there's only two of us as a staff in the office, and then about 30 volunteers, we find we find a way to get an association or an agency that can help that particular person's issue or need. We chose to classify the services we provide to people who live with epilepsy. And for that, for, for us, that includes those who are directly diagnosed and those who support them. They be family members, uh, spouses, you know, siblings, parents, whatever. Epilepsy impacts the individual, their families, and their friends, and the communities they interact with, and we try to provide services for the whole community. We increase understanding of seizures, we provide seizure first stage support, 
and learning how to cope with the diagnosis, the side effects of the medication, and alternative and adjunctive uh, supports and um, uh, ways to manage the seizures. We create small and larger community groups to welcome everybody. We try to be as inclusive as we can possibly be, and we foster environments of respect, understanding, and access to all experiences. We have been uh, doing over the years field trips to special cases in our community, as I was saying, social events for people who suffer from seizures. And we know that if even the small party, one, once a month, we host a, a bingo game in our office. And there's a group of 10, 15 people that usual, and they come in, they don't have to pay absolutely anything. They're just showing up. They're going to have a coffee, some treats, engage in a couple of hours of catching up with each other, win some prizes. That is could be as small as that particular way. And again, we know that government services cannot be that tiny and provide that impact because it's just not what governments can do. So that's where we come in. We also build resources to foster a sense of pride and encourage kids and adults alike to be the best versions of themselves. And we are proud to call ourselves an independent charity. We don't receive ongoing operational fundings from anybody. And in 63 years, we are extremely happy to always have maintained a positive budget. So we run uh, casinos like super, you know, so many other charities out there. We run fundraising campaign and we take uh, donations from members. And in the last three, four years, we have tried to also access grants, uh, funds for specific projects. So as I said, there's only two staff, but we have a core membership of about 30 volunteers that pretty much make everything happen. So, and we always try to connect with our members at least once a year. And they kind of tell us, you know, continue on this, do this specifically, or why don't you think and try to do something else? So the imagination of our members is pretty much our, the limit. You mentioned volunteers. And my next question is how to get a hold of the Edmonton Epilepsy Association. How do people get involved with the Edmonton Epilepsy Association? So the easier way, because still it's a reality, a lot of people count and go on Google, is connect through our website. Uh, once you put Edmonton Epilepsy or edmontonepilepsy.org in Google or not, you're going to find our website. And through there, um, email access is usually the one that gets the fastest response. And the email is info at edmontonepilepsy.org. The next best way is to call our office, 780-488-9600. And uh, our, off, our phone line receives uh, messages, and we try always to return every single phone call within two working days. Our office is located by Westmount, literally across from, uh, from the mall. While we are a small office, we always take pride in ensuring that every question is answered, whether it's through email or phones. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, X, former Twitter, and on Facebook and, Link and LinkedIn. But I'd say your number one chance to really get to learn and uh, even become a member is our website, edmontonepilepsy.org. What is an interesting fact about Edmonton Epilepsy Association that everyone should know? That we exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are so thankful that you gave us a chance to do a little bit of a 
uh, promotion and, and uh, awareness about our association. Uh, as I was saying a little bit uh, ago, a while ago, that um, generally by the time we answer questions, emails, uh, reach out people through our program, we usually serve directly at least 5,000 people per year. But as I was also saying, there's more than 26,000 people just in our region. So we are not where we could be in terms of membership. And if people have issues with financial uh, limitations or anything, we always are open to offer membership for free. But the services that we do offer are for our members because we are a member type of association. And so we're really hoping that folks learn more about us existing and that become members, they help us grow our voice for people impacted by um, epilepsy. And then the larger our numbers, the greater our voice, the more presence than we have at tables explaining people um, what epilepsy is and how, what are the challenges, but also the fantastic achievements of people who live with seizures. Once people get to know us, they usually tell us that, you know, they're amazed about all the program and services we run, especially because we have a very limited budget. And uh, they are thankful to discover that there is a community out there of people that uh, go through their same uh, um, challenges that they go to. And as I was saying, um, as hard as it is to believe, there's so much stigma around this particular disease that when a person gets the diagnosis, they don't even tell their family members. So, and then you, you know, everything you get to do gets gets to be so much harder because you feel that if you're going to tell somebody, you're going to feel ashamed. Oh, what happens if I have a seizure in front of another person? Well, if that other person knows what to do, you don't feel ashamed. They're going to provide you the support and then they're going to make sure that there's accommodation to make you be the best you can be. So... We wish to thank VAB again for this chance to speak about us. Awesome. Thank you again for your time and energy today, Valeria. Your support to the community is of value to all. Is there anything else you want to say today that I haven't asked you? No, I think we covered a lot. <laughs> I think it's going to be a long podcast. <laughs> awesome. So thank you again for joining VAD's podcast. Voice of Albertans with Disabilities is a cross-disability, non-profit organization of and for people with disabilities. We are guided by the principles of accessibility, equity, and inclusion. Learn about VAD services on our website at vadsociety.ca or call 780-488-9088 for more information. If you have a topic you would like to hear more about in a podcast, please email myself at vad at vadsociety.ca the topic ideas, speaker suggestions, or your feedback. Signing off for the day, together we hold the power.